live from the 43rd floor of the Wells Fargo Tower in downtown Los Angeles. It's the Nighttime Show. Today, of course, as always, we have your producer, Matt Walker, is here. And uh, I am the host of the Nighttime Show, Stephen Kramer Glickman. And yesterday I wore a blue suit and I looked like a big, fat blueberry. Uh, Today, our guest on the show is uh, one of the finest screen and television character actors of his generation. He has played a spectrum of Hollywood's leading action heroes. This guy is a beast. You know him from Minority Report, Death Warrant, Last Man Standing, Eraser, and everything else that is fucking awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Kilpatrick. Well, you yeah. just said the F-bomb, so I, I know where this show is going. You can say whatever going. you like. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> you can do whatever you, know, you, you want, Ben. You mentioned Wells Fargo. I, I have volume two of uh, Dying for a Living. Uh, um, I'm, I'm putting together a little uh, section on places I've been banned from. <laughs> no way. And I was actually banned from Wells Fargo. <laughs> what? I still am. You're banned it, from Wells Fargo, well, the bank. I have had car payments there, and they let me go in and pay the car payment. But it's a, a long story. <laughs> they, uh, you know, when bank really quickly, you, when banks um, made most of their money from overdraft fees. Oh, yeah. sure, yeah. You know, and I have a film company, and uh, they made a mistake. The woman didn't put a, something in as cash, but rather than check. And I'd actually, uh, the manager of the bank, she and I had talked about dating. So I got along with her. Well, they gave me nine overdraft fees one day, and they wouldn't return it. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's, that's a, a lot. lot of money. Because that's so, um, like 30 or 40 bucks each. Eventually, yeah. I called her uh, the, the B word. Oh, yeah. And she virtually pushed a button. <laughs> And I, it's uh, like a hole open in the floor and just suck you down. Well, they <laughs> always have names like Richard Stone. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. This guy called it from the yeah. security division of uh, Wells Fargo. <laughs> I got my nine overdraft fees mm-hmm. back, but I was essentially banned from Wells Fargo. You know what? Yeah. Fuck Wells Fargo, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> also, uh, I was banking at Wells Fargo. Somebody stole my bank card. They went to downtown Los Angeles and they bought twenty dozen cupcakes, and then uh, on my card they stole my like a credit card well, listen, and then well hang on they hang on and then, was, they thought yeah, that was you yeah, I, sure. I know so then i went into wells fargo i go hey uh 20 dozen cupcakes were stolen uh, stolen on my card and they were like were, were they were they <laughs> yeah yeah that place is a bunch of that's assholes. the appropriate response that's I think. terrible that's yeah. terrible at least they're be- i mean they're better than us u.s bank i've been I, I i can't fucking go to u.s bank anymore because the, the the last time i went the my teller was eating a bowl of cereal behind the counter yeah, okay. that's not good. They got, they got a one point six billion dollar uh, fine or something. Uh, a huge yeah, uh, Wells Fargo. Four, four, no U.S. Oh, U.S. Bank. Okay. U.S. Bank for, uh, for uh, sheltering French citizens from uh, oh, yeah. income tax. Because Wells Fargo was the one that was opening Whoa. accounts fraudulently and client yeah, names listen, and all kinds of the stuff. The people are generally stick okay. to credit unions. It's the corporate yeah, credit environment. Unions. That's why I say stick to credit unions. Okay, that way you're part owner of the joint. Yeah, but you got to go they a long distance for credit. Yeah. No, ATM. With my credit union, they only have two <laughs> branches, right? But I can use any ATM at any Seven Eleven across the country, and it's all included. And I can make deposits there as well at yeah. all of those ATMs. So yeah, this and everything uh, you do on cool. your phone now. This episode sponsored by uh, FNA Federal Credit Union, <laughs> Monterey Park, California. <laughs> all right, that we we did get off yes. to a weird start, uh, but we <laughs> let's, let's we go got off to a to bank all start. I'm saying is there's a section of places I've been banned from. <laughs> is there really dying yes. for? Well, yeah, I, I was banned banned from the Disney lot for three years. 
It's a, long, it's a good story. Why were you banned from the Disneyland? You know, it was one of those, do you remember the novel Billy Budd? Yes. Yeah, of course. Well, he, he clammed, he choked up whenever he got into an intense anxiety situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm, I was like Billy Budd. I was very young, and it's a long story. It would take mm-hmm. longer than what we're talking about. But I didn't do anything wrong, but it was one of those situations where I offended some people over there by saying the writing on a particular project was terrible. Sure. And uh, it probably was. I believe you. It was a a Disney. I don't know if they still have it, but they have a section that basically takes popular films and essentially changes it a little bit and, Mm -hmm. and rips it off and makes it into a television series. Yeah. I don't know that they still have that division. And uh, this was in 1987 when I had just arrived here. I was a young actor. I was coming off the largest production in the history of PBS and a really uh, sort of um, prestigious English film. So I didn't want to be involved in something that didn't have really good writing. And they had this thing called Mountain Man that they wanted Mm -hmm. me to do, which was a ripoff of Crocodile Dundee. Okay. Just set in the woods instead of well, Australia. Yeah, it's a long. I'm getting into the story, but the, <laughs> I go into the casting person, and the first thing out of her mouth is, "All I cast is shit." That was what she said. <laughs> Holy to me. crap! Okay? And uh, and she was bemoaning it, and she wanted to go freelance. So I gave her some advice about go- being a freelance person and everything. Well, I go home, and the agent who was replacing my agent, because it's a writer's strike. Yeah. And he says, oh, my God, they love you. They want you to come over and meet the writer and the director and the producer. Well, I was so young and so naive. This stuff was so bad that Mm -hmm. I rewrote it. Yeah. Wow. I rewrote it so, you know, the casting person who's going to read with you is going to say her line. And then my leading character would say all these pithy, really uh, intelligent, Mm -hmm. witty things. And I walked in and... uh, also, I did make a tactical error, and I took my dog with me to the audition, <laughs> which is because my Which, wa- nowadays, no big deal. Yeah, well, everyone my, does that. My yeah. wife at the time was in England, so I had a, a young dog, and so I took... Well, um, <laughs> I said... Uh, I, I, by the way, I had been a, a heavyweight writer at Playboy and Time and all mm-hmm. these great magazines, so I even took my writing samples because I was so stupid that I thought that they would want to have a lead actor who could <laughs> help the with the writing. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah. I was so stupid. Well, <laughs> anyway. When uh, really they want a puppet to uh, just I, say whatever they write. Yeah, yeah. and I started, um, uh, sh- I said, look, I hope I, uh, you don't mind, I've taken the liberty of punching up the my parts you just have to say your lies so she says they were a little dubious but they said okay mm-hmm. so she starts writing and she goes up on her line the first time she can't do it so i said well let's try it again she went up uh, again and she leapt up and she said you're gonna read this the way it's written and she's backing up and billy bud i I'm like this. And meanwhile, my dog, who's on a, a sort of rope leash, is like snarling. Because it looks like you're being threatened in some she, way. Yeah, she's coming at me, coming back to me. And I said, but you said all you cast is shit. And they, they, she said, you get out of here right now. So I, I, I go home and the agent calls and says, what the hell happened? I got Disney executives all over me. Oh, my God. So I got fired from my agency. I got banned from the Disney lot for three years. Wow. And uh, so here I was in L.A. It just come from New York with no agent. 
yeah. no, didn't know anybody in the middle of a writing strike. But you know what happened with oh that? Because uh, Disney takes those things and they turn them into stuff. That's uh, that's the origin story of Dog with a Blog, which oh, is on the is Disney that, Channel. That that's is how it started. That, I believe that you, that you might be right. <laughs> which I auditioned that. for once. Well, Baghdad <laughs> Cafe, whatever the movie sure. at the time <laughs> yeah. they were, right, they were yeah. doing. Yeah. But all was forgiven. Eventually, I did two Disney series yeah. and... Uh, um, I uh, and I went out and got a manager, and then I started banging down work. And my agency called me and asked me to come back, and I said no, no, yeah, they didn't have your back. You didn't, you didn't watch for my my. You're exactly. Yeah. So, so when you started, you were in a, a tremendous cult classic film, The Toxic Avenger, right. Is Trump. there a the on it? I can't remember. Or is it just toxic? It is, I think it no, might... it's the Toxic Avenger. Yeah, okay. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In 1984. Which I thought was the worst movie in the history of Western Civil. First it, of it all, might be. it wasn't. It just might be, but it's still very lovable and loved by fans. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it made about $60 million in sequels. Those guys Jesus. made a lot of money. Yeah, that property has been yeah. huge for trauma. Yeah. I, uh,. I wasn't in SAG at the time, and I was actually just starting as an actor and had done a lot of NYU student films, and I virtually went over there thinking it was kind of like that. And they, they loved what I did so much, they doubled my salary from 75 to $150 <laughs> for the week. Holy crap. I talk about it in the movie. That's awesome. I think the mo- movie was like mob-financed or whatever. Um, Oh Who even God. knows what was going on with Trouble I, at that time? Well, yeah. there was a yeah. very old yeah. guy with some muscle guys who would come every day to the set, and he was the sugar daddy for the ingenue. <laughs> they were just like laund- laundering yeah. money through trauma or did something you, at the when, time. When you were on that set, did you know it was bad? Like, how, when did you know it was not, that it was a, well, you know. Look, without sounding arrogant, I had written for every a magazine in yeah. New York and yeah. my heroes, earliest heroes were Hemingway and Fitzgerald and Sam Shepard and, 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 <laughs> You know, Hunter Thompson and Ken Kesey. I mean, Toxic Avenger, you take a look at it. Did I have fun with it? Sure. But I I, I just... my, my taste in movies runs to Saving Private Ryan and 300. I like all yeah. different kinds of movies, but 300, Braveheart at the studio mm-hmm. level. You know, Toxic Avenger is quite another animal. What I wasn't in touch with was, was this is sort of zeitgeist. Uh, of the culture which likes gore and yeah. which likes schlock uh, and, and appreciates the irony of that. And yeah, like they gave their audience exactly what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I, I sometimes, uh, I, uh, and it was funny. Yeah. So, but yeah. I, it, it was beyond me at the time. That <laughs> yeah. wasn't my, you know, yeah. I was That's not why you got following a different muse. Yeah. Of course. Well, what I, you know, your your career is very extensive. I mean, you've done like yeah. a shit ton of work, man. I mean, you're it's it's been you've been working for a long and time. And it spans the gamut from like from like Tales from the Dark Side to like yeah. The Quick and the Dead, Cagney and Lacey, Matlock. These are all like the like like drama, you know, but then also a lot of action work because you're in a couple Van Damme movies. Yeah, you're in Death Warrant too. And let's talk about Death Warrant. Yeah. Can we yeah. talk about Death Warrant? Well, I talk about it in the book too, and um, yeah, Dying for Living, uh, Volume One, uh, is 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 it available now? Where is it? Oh available? yeah, it's uh, we, it was launched at the National Press Club in Washington, and then the Kennedy Center for Performing Arts, and uh, I've been on a book tour for a couple of months. Uh, just came from San Francisco last night. Um, mm-hmm. 
It's on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. If somebody wants an autographed uh, oh, copy, yeah. they can't get to one of our signings, then they can go to PatrickKillPatrick.com. I'll be at Barnes & Noble's uh, March 1st at I, 7 o'clock oh, in, that's in awesome. Burbank. Oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah. Love the, I love on the back. This is what it says on the back, Matt. Mm-hmm. It says, Patrick Kilpatrick has been killed, beaten up, or jailed by nearly every leading <laughs> actor on Earth and in outer space by Tom Cruise, Sean Connery, Bruce Willis, Naomi Watts, Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Chow Young-Fat, Jessica Alba, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and many more. That is Unbelievably yeah. really cool, just man. A fraction. Yeah, like you've had a career of playing a tough guy or a bad guy. Yeah, uh, which is great, and it's a beautiful book too. Like yeah. uh, it's very easy to spot because it literally looks like a uh, Stan, uh, Stanley Kubrick, uh, like title like card. Tell all, yeah, yeah, yeah oh, title card. High, yeah. high praise. Yeah, no, it's really, really cool looking. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we you know we designed the whole thing to be on shelves. Um, and it does well whenever we get mm-hmm. it on the shelves. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about Death Warrant. Tell me about uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme because, I mean, my God, this guy. Right? Well, the movie's been vetted by lawyers because I didn't want to spend the rest of my days in litigation. <laughs> um, I, I will start by saying I'm on my fifth movie in a row that the leading man either had so much inorganic brain damage <laughs> <laughs> uh, slash lack of craft or discipline that they couldn't learn their lines. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jean-Claude is a, a special case. First of all, you know, I did Death Warrant. That was 29 years ago. And then I did Blackwater with him in Mobile, Alabama. Um, God love him. He's a sweet guy off mm-hmm. camera to me. And I think he respects me because normally people don't give me a hard time because I think they think I'm going to kill them or something. But <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. uh, he's a sweet guy. But the tragedy of Jean, well, here's the, the funny thing is there's enduring distribution value to him. Yes. Mm. And people are interested in him. Look, it's just your first question out of your mouth of all the guys that I've worked with. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. Right. He, iconic guy. And he worked really hard, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, he's lived a life of excess. Um, and uh, I'm sure I'm not privy to every aspect of his life. All I can say is when you're on the set, it's, you know, difficult to get him out of the trailer mm-hmm. uh there's probably been some substance abuse um, yeah i mean he's not capable of learning lines or he chooses not to <laughs> he's, he's not capable of uh, of using cue cards uh he's not capable of uh repeating uttered phrases from the demo uh, the the director or the dp or the script supervisor he then gets embarrassed by his inability to do that oh my god and uh so he gets into fights with people and uh verbal fights usually not physical but um so the producers i mean uh, i talk about it it's sort of the gang of six you know um in the book it's like so who's the gang of six let's let's go through this the gang of six is peter green the least known probably he was zed the anal rapist on pulp fiction uh did usual suspects at one time was a really hot character actor yeah um um, I've made a whole bunch of money replacing him uh, in movies. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Mu- he, what are we talking about here? So you'd say you're a Peter Green type. <laughs> well, it, people think that he's my younger brother. Okay. You know, so like a racer, 
he had a lot of trouble at the audition, and Chuck Russell, the director, wanted to hire him. Um, but he either had some police trouble at the audition or whatever, which is <laughs> he had you know, poli- like, Oh my know, god, yeah, Peter Green. He was in. I mean, he was in the mask. Uh, yeah, he fiction. made a big yeah. splash with the mask as the villain, and he's a good actor. But he had some substance abuse problem, which is public. Uh, uh, yeah, pu- public information. Stuff. Never, and and everyone um, knows that was arrested for stalking uh, and things like that. But um, holy shit, I did undersee. Wait, how did he get arrested at an audition? Well, I don't want to say that because I don't know all the details. What I do know is they didn't hire him for a racer. Okay, because of some difficulty at the audition. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. And uh, um, so I was hired to replace him. Okay. Not to replace him. Chuck Russell, who really wanted to hire him. Right. Uh, who uh, did Chuck Russell direct the mask? I think so. He might he may have, have done. Yeah. So he wanted to use Peter again, but because Peter had this difficulty, um, I was hired for a racer, and I made a whole bunch of money on a racer. It was a huge. Movie. That was a huge. Movie. I saw that in the theater. I so it was um, big. Yeah. Um, so Peter Green's on there. Uh, Jean Claude is one of them. Uh, Tom Sizemore is another. Gary Busey is another. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mickey yeah. Rourke is another. Uh, Steven Seagal is another. I mean, yeah, we, are... we had Tom Sizemore on the show, and it was I heard. it was a difficult interview to say the least. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it was a it was rough. It was he d- rough. he doesn't focus very well. Yeah, say. yeah. It, uh, it depends where you catch them. You yeah. Know, it's well, he like, opened he opened the the whole interview by talking about uh, doing coke with Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan and trying to fuck her, <laughs> right. but her being too high to have sex with. Yeah, him. It, like that's that we, was like it was which is there, unusual. And that was Usually the, that was like it's the masculine yeah. guy who can't perform. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because of that. Yeah, we were. It was, that was the mildest the thing he said. Guy. Yeah, it's we, kind of an oxymoron. We, we were asked to keep right. it all about the work, and we're like, okay, fine, we'll do that. And we opened the show, and then we didn't ask him any questions about it. He just jumped into it. Yeah, and he did that. And like, and he's sitting next to the guy who produced this movie that he was in, and this guy's face is just white, white. <laughs> just yeah. ashen. He's yeah, like, like, oh no, he this kept is forgetting so the name because of because what an acting yeah. pedigree he's got. Oh, fantastic, you know, Black Hawk yeah. Down yeah. And Saving Private Ryan, yeah. All he, this stuff. He kept forgetting what movie he was there to promote and what the yeah. movie was about. So it was pretty. It was a pretty rough one. But but also like you know th- th- that's what happens. Like we just had a who we had um, Bill Duke on the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. And, uh, and we talked to him about I Predator with him in a substitute film. Oh, he's yeah. he's a yeah. terrific guy. Yeah. And he was telling us on Predator that Jean Claude Van Damme was the original Predator. Right, and, he he, and he was, didn't uh, like working in a costume. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And he, uh, so I think there's a lot of value in having an actor like you, who's a tough guy, without all these issues, because it seems so many of the tough guy actors have a lot of problems. Why is that? Why have you? Uh, how have you? Well, been able my to experience of guys who play bad guys is they're really nice human beings. The people <laughs> I've uh, competed against or whatever. Um, I I think. Um, the vast majority of people in Hollywood don't have these issues. They might have some. But I say it, it's not. Look, on Blackwater, there were actors, because of Jean-Claude's behavior, his, what is perceived as disrespect for the craft of acting, they literally wanted to kill him. They <laughs> yeah. wanted to go in and beat him up, do whatever they could. Um, but what I say is uh, it doesn't matter to me because... 
you're not really acting with Jean Claude. They're either a, a C stand with a smiley face, mm-hmm. or you're doing it with the double, or somebody, okay. or the script supervisor. Which for me, and I, I think I have pretty good uh, control of my imagination. That's not a difficult thing. Yeah, you, you, I, I don't care if Jean Claude's across from me so much. It's it's more of a problem for the editors and. Uh, well, eye lines I have no problem with because if you go for an audition, you got to place all those imaginary things in the in the uh, the landscape anyway. But, sure, sure. Um, uh, so it's not a problem for me a, a, as an observer of human psychology. I find it really, really interesting, and it also provides grist for my book. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Blackwater was a crazy movie because. It, look, I, I've been in a relationship for five years, so even though I've been a cad and a scoundrel uh, and a womanizer or, or some portions of my life, I'm not that. Per, or inversely, the whole movie turned into a fuck fest. <laughs> I mean, there Wait, were, what? They, well, it was like you got sixty-year-old actors sleeping uh-huh. with twenty-eight-year-old wardrobe people and stuff like this, oh, and shit. Uh, mostly married too. So yeah. it, the whole thing turned into this madness. At the wow. same time, so if there was a making of documentary, it'd probably be better than the movie itself. Well, that's in my that's in that's uh, in, in my book. Yeah. At the same time, you have Mobile, Alabama, with the USS Alabama, mm-hmm. which is about battleship that covered for my father uh, when he was fighting in World War II, and you've got the beautiful beaches of Mobile and the mm-hmm. restaurants. So there's a lot of, it's almost like a travel log that involves this madness making a move. Oh my God. Um, uh, Jean-Claude's not completely at, f- at fault because the producers were a little disorganized yeah. too. But um, uh, the truth is, look, Robert Mitchum said, the tax man takes all your money and the pretty people go home at night. All you've got is your sense of craft and what you're delivering the goods for, for what you're doing. And I think for some of these guys, that goes down the tubes, Mm -hmm. either because of inorganic brain damage or egoism or whatever. Um, What about Seagal? You you worked with Seagal. I did Under Siege, too, and also that was the movie I did with Peter Green uh, that we, we met. Peter was so rude, I'll just say, that, that, that uh, I loaded him up with magic mushrooms one night, and we dropped him in the middle of the Colorado uh, woods just to have him wander weeping through the forest up there. Um, glorious God. job, because you're in the fall in Colorado. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 went, I was going through a divorce at the time. I went from maybe having 50 bucks to being paid 10 grand a week, and in a, uh, uh, the greatest condo in Vail, Colorado, and just every stunt guy on yeah. the planet was there, and they're a very funny group of people. And that was, that was a huge deal, that movie, when it was coming out, because the first one was such a big hit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it f- sort of, from a studio point of view, failed, because it only made like $70 million or something. But, yeah. you know, they were expecting much more. Didn't have much of a script when we started. Had a wonderful director, Jeff Murphy, who's an Australian director. What he What is good about the movie, he really contributed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen is, um, I had some nice conversations with him. I, I became intimate with his mistress four hours after I arrived on the set. <laughs> oh my God. But, um, I Terrific. think he, I think he was yeah. done with her and, mm-hmm. and, um, very beautiful lady. Um, Stephen is very, um, 
distant mm-hmm. from the re- I remember my overriding thought was if that's what a movie star is I don't really want to be a movie star because um he, he he you don't really work with him he at that mm-hmm. time he would fly in in a helicopter do his bit and then and then go go away it's, wow. it's kind of like uh i've never done off camera lines with an actress cuz they're always getting their hair fixed in the makeup trailer mm-hmm. yeah whereas i'll be out there on the opposite side of the camera working with so it's mm-hmm. a, another one of those situations where you're using your imagination to create whatever yeah. is going on yeah um he w- was showing uh Ever- everett mcgill who was sort of a main bad guy and uh, how to twirl a knife and kill, kill me in the throat. And so Stephen was using a real knife to demonstrate mm-hmm. this. And I think he was kind of screwing with me about the mistress, you know, because yeah. he was taking the knife and making it come really close to my throat. But oh my we kind of got, uh, we got along. And now this was shot, that, that was shot on a train. Yeah. The set was a train. Beautiful train. Yeah. They had a, what I love about scout, uh, stunt people is they're very irreverent. Right. Mm-hmm. They they don't you know. Uh, Stephen Stephen wasn't a big problem, but the people around him, the Sinker fans, mm-hmm. would tried to run the sets by intimidation. And for me, and like uh, uh, Eric Bogosian, a New York actor, these sure. guys are not going to take that. You yeah. Know? So. Um, we quick. just had a, a grand time. Uh, what now? Uh, what, that was a because that was a train set. Was it on a stage? The train was on a stage, or, we had or were you guys nine on an weeks train? in Colorado and then four weeks in uh, Warner Brothers stage? Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. um, I, I think it was Warner Brothers. It may have been Paramount, but I, I can't remember. But very elaborate train sets on stage too. It was yeah, I was kind of wondering. Like, I wonder, like, how if you were ever on an actual train that was moving. During oh filming. yeah, there's oh, wow, a beautiful, really? beautiful train that makes the circuit from like Durango and Telluride. <laughs> How cool yeah. is that? Um, now wait, hang on a second. Here's a couple of people who are in this movie that yeah. you that you got to work with. Jonathan Banks mm-hmm. was in the film. Uh, yeah, he played the train engineer. Yeah, and he's on Better Call Saul. And he just uh, won an Emmy Breaking for Bad. Better Call Saul. Yeah, yeah. he's amazing. Uh, Sandra Taylor. Yeah, uh, very. Uh, she used to be uh, the uh, Snapple girl on the Howard Stern TV show back in the day. Oh dear God, <laughs> uh, Morris Chestnut. Yep. Oh, yeah. Morris Chestnut was in there. Catherine Heigl, a young Catherine Heigl. Yeah, she was the daughter. Yeah, yeah, Catherine was 16 at the time, and her mother was with her. Um, and uh, we had a big argument about. Uh, um, <clears throat> not an argument. I was saying. Uh, she was saying, I would never take my clothes off for a movie. And I, I, I really mean it as an acting person. You have to, you do what's appropriate, not nothing gratuitous, but you do what's appropriate to the, if you're doing a, uh, last tango in Paris, you're mm-hmm. probably going to end up taking your clothes off. Sure. And who would say that's not a worthwhile endeavor? Yeah. Sure. Of so, um, Stephen has bared his breasts on a television show. I have been naked on television. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was on on Workaholics. I was on Workaholics on Comedy Central, and it, and they said uh, you'd have to be in nothing but your underwear and cuddle uh, Adam Adam <laughs> Devine on the show in a bed and pretend like you're a, a well, big gay man. And I was like, you know what? For a for fucking workaholics on Comedy Central, I will do that. Yeah, well, absolutely. I'm in no way comparing you, but take Ken Davidian and Borat. 
Absolutely. Yep. You know, Ken. You do. You I, do. He's a dear friend, and I'm I love like, him too. Yeah, he's a do, great you, friend of mine. You, you, you. He deserved an Academy Award nomination Terrific. for yeah. that part. Absolutely. And, and and you know, what was it like being nude with Sasha Barrett, <laughs> uh, uh, Sasha, Sasha Cohen, Sasha Cohen yeah. for three yeah. days? Uh, you know, I like. I was really interested in how did you manage that because they're so it's so close. And stuff, what a but, fascinating um, dude, uh, Eric Bogosian. Uh, quick, uh, quick, Eric mm-hmm. Bogosian. Side note: um, When I was in college, I I was a huge fan of Suburbia, the play that he had written, mm. and, and I really wanted to put on Suburbia off Broadway in New York, and they had never allowed an off Broadway production of that show. And so I wrote to I wrote to him and I said, "Here's the reason why I grew up hanging out in front of Seven Elevens, and I'm a director, and I'm a comedian, and, a, and, and a, an actor. Please let me do this, whatever, whatever." And uh, Bogosian signed off on letting us do it. And the second he said yes to it, I sent him 25 pages of notes. <laughs> On how to update the script to present day because it was supposed to take place in present. Yeah. It says in the first page, yeah. present day. So I was like, "Here's all the things that would need to change to set it in like 2000." And did you get he, fired? He, this no, is like my Disney story. I know. He wrote back like, "This is the ballsiest thing anyone's ever bothered me with. Uh, you can make these changes. That's it. And then leave me alone." Well, basically. that's cool. And yeah. I got to I got to do the show. In See, New York. he was writing all the time on Under Siege too, and and I, he was in twelve step program. Wow. So he. he he kind of was, the rest of us were, because if you were on that movie, you could have three University of Colorado co-eds uh, if you were the garbage man. I mean, you know, it was yeah. just, you know, uh, it was the biggest thing to ever hit Vail yeah. uh, in a long time. So he, he was trying to keep his distance to preserve his marriage, but the rest of us were just... Oh, yeah. my God. Now, this must have been just... Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's got to be. It's got to be on a on a thing like that, and it's a big budgeted thing. It's a sequel. Well, everybody's delivering the goods because you're there to deliver the goods. But uh, as I said, you have uh, Stevens people trying to run the things by intimidation. You've got people that are New York ballsy actors, L.A. ballsy actors, stunt guys, none of whom are going to be phased by intimidation. Yeah, and uh, having a grand time. You're in the m- most beautiful play- part of the country on, on some level. Eagles outside, and um, do you think it's changed with uh, the the you know with me too and the movement things that are happening now like do you think that parties like that would still be are still possible do you think it's still possible to do some of that stuff or do you think the kind of time i think you have to be very careful because people get targeted for hits sure um i'm not unhappy that i'm in a uh, a monogamous relationship with a lovely woman because sure. it's a kind of i i run a mentorship program for young actors we never teach uh, i never coach alone there's always two or three people not because i've ever had a claim against me but acting draws to it a lot of crazy people right yeah. and so male and female mm-hmm. so you have to i mean people have to sign waivers it have to be videotaped that they understand sexual harassment things like that um <clears throat> did you know that acting classes can't get insurance because they paid out so many claims wow oh, yeah i did not know that you no know, all the insurers went away they paid out so many claims so you have to be very very careful and you have to be 
you have to make sure that, um, and, which is a good thing. You have to make sure, look, if you're talking about acting, what are you going to be talking about? And the study of acting and the presentation of drama and showmanship and everything else. You're going to be talking about war, loss, death, the death of your parents, eroticism, repression of eroticism. Mm-hmm. Those are the pillars of drama. You know, yeah. politics, power, those kind of things. Some of those things make people uncomfortable, and yet um, you can't be an actor and study acting without delving into stuff as you're going through whatever the script is. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, so you have to make sure that people understand that you just that diplomatic, non-gratuitous discussions of those things are going to be taking place. And at the same time, so if you're uncomfortable with that, maybe you should look for another class. Right. Um, right, right of none of that has anything to do with sexual harassment. Right. It has to do with protecting yeah. yourself against people who target. Look, people look at my resume. They think I'm a zillionaire. Well, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll tell, when I when I was in, I went to the American Musical Dramatic Academy in New York and yeah. the American Academy of Dramatic Arts here in L.A. and graduated. And I had a teacher in 1998, 99, who said to a girl in class, uh, you're so tightly wound up. Have you ever had a sex before? <laughs> and this girl said, uh, no. And he said, well, if you're going to play this character who's very sexual, probably should have sex with somebody. And she was like, Okay, and she went home that night and, f- and fucked her neighbor, <laughs> like just you know some guy in the well, dorms, and then came back the next day and was like was a better performer. And people were like, "Holy shit!" And it complete. No one ever mentioned or for everyone forgot that this ever happened until maybe like six months ago, and then someone was like. I think this. Do you remember this like weird moment that like couldn't a teacher do that? Couldn't a teacher tell you to go fuck somebody? Like, I now you now maybe not no, as much in you school, but you couldn't do it, and you'd have to be really careful about it. And uh, look, I take exception to anybody uh, for when I'm mentoring and teaching those things. Sure, sure. And I've taught all over. Uh, if anybody questions the integrity of what we're doing and stuff. Did you but, ever get harassed? Has anyone ever kind of harassed you? I had you? a casting person in New York, very famous casting person, uh, say, a guy, say, look, uh, you're not going to get this part unless you, you know. Oh, wow. And I said, I, but for me, I just laughed at his face. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Which, I, as I say in the book, I'm a very bad bisexual because I start <laughs> laughing, like, really right. quickly. Oh, my God. And, and um, he got embarrassed when mm-hmm. I laughed at, at the whole situation. But I didn't get the job. Right, sure. You know, so, but that's just, for me, look, I understand it. If you're a young girl and you're trying to get work, you shouldn't have to deal with monsters. No, of course. You shouldn't have to deal yeah. with harassers. At yeah. the same time, please, people, understand a lot of crazy people are attracted to the craft of acting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. some of those are targeting people who maybe don't deserve to be targeted because yeah. it's a money grab. Yeah, it can, it, it can be, for sure. It can be. Matt, you and me are both uh, stand-up comedians, and I know we both uh, say a lot of things that are uh, very offensive on a mm-hmm. regular basis. Do you ever have trouble sleeping at night? 
Uh, yeah, not because of things I say, though. It's just because I have lousy pillows. Oh, okay. So you don't have like a horrible feeling of guilt sometimes for the Never. awful things. Oh, that, well, that's nice. Never. I'm proud of the horrible things that I say to people. <laughs> that's No, that's good. That's a good way to yeah. be. Sometimes I, uh, I, I do have trouble sleeping, uh, or I did have trouble sleeping mm-hmm. until I got this brand new pillow. What kind of pillow? I mean, this is next level stuff, Matt. This thing, this is a pillow. Uh, you've never seen a pillow like this because uh, until recently it did not exist. It's called the buttress pillow. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is shaped like a butt and it has little legs. And it's a, it's, uh, you got, you're not going to believe this. You got to go check it out. The buttresspillow.com. So it's like your face rests on a butt. Your face is is pressed into a butt crack while the legs support your uh, mm-hmm. your neck and shoulders basically it's it sounds comfortable it is very comfortable uh it's ergonomic uh am i saying that right er- yes. ergonomic uh functional all natural and it's absolutely beautiful uh check this out this is this is from their website um soft but supportive with feeling with the feeling of a butt all right and the sweet spot is between the thighs and the cheeks which will gently cradle your head and support your neck great for side sleepers back sleepers and stomach sleepers it's squeezable slappable Face variable uh, relieves stress. You know, from having a long, horrible day. You've what? What do you want to do at the end of a long day? Put your head in a butt. That is a hundred percent right. Well, you could dress it up. You can dress it down. You want to throw you, some PJs? You convince me. So where do I go get one of these? You go to thebuttresspillow dot com. Thebuttresspillow dot com. That's t h e b u t t r e s s pillow dot com. Go to thebuttresspillow.com, Matt, and uh, get your sleep on. You'll have much better dreams. All right, let's get back to the show. Um, you worked with Bruce Willis on Last Man Standing. Yeah, I call it First Man Fall on Last Man Standing. <laughs> why but, Why do you call it Because I was the first major person to get killed. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? You know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, you watch um, like the first 12 minutes. You're like, all right, enough of that movie. Uh, <laughs> well, I had uh, that and replacement killers. I was very careful right, after yeah. that not to be the first guy killed. And uh, because, but sometimes they make a marketing yeah. decision, and we got to keep this guy alive for the China market. Oh yeah, uh, and, yeah. And, and and you're you're a white guy, so we don't want you surviving till the end. We're going to pay you the whole salary for the movie, but we're going to kill you two weeks in. I love yeah. it. So I that happened that. on Replacement yeah. Killers, but it's all worked out because I, I did the. F- last seven episodes of dr quinn because of it i was yeah. free oh god that's awesome yeah. uh what about a uh, eraser because i mean working with schwarzenegger that's well, you outrageous know, i was prepared for arnold to be really arrogant but he's mm-hmm. a sweetheart and a really nice guy and really fun to work with this go back to the me too you know remember when he ran for governor they brought up all these charges he was very playful, and people were very playful for him, but I never saw him do anything that wasn't playing with people who were consensual in playing back with him. Sure. But it didn't surprise me that he got uh, hit with all those sexual harassment charges when yeah. he ran f- for office. I think it was unwarranted. Um, so, you know, the, you asked if things have changed. Yes, the makeup trailer uh, the sets used to be a place. Look, if you if you do New York theater, which I've done a bunch of, mm-hmm. it's run largely by homosexuals, and all they sexualize everything, and it's funny, and it's and it's and it's colorful. Um, I don't know if they're still doing that now because that's a sexualized environment, and somebody may take offense to it. I never did. I just felt 
God, that's hysterical. It's like camp. It's really, uh, you know, because to those guys, everything is sexual. Yeah. And the entertainment business was a fun place to work because of that, because while the rest of the culture was getting really corporate, you could still play around in the makeup trailer and stuff like that. That's definitely changed. You've got to be very, very careful. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, what a what 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 uh what was he like around on set? I know that uh, Schwarzenegger. Arnold. Yeah, he's a big practical joker. Uh, that was Chuck Russell we talked about. He would do stuff like uh, do a blow up penis with balloons and, and attach <laughs> it to uh, Chuck's back. Mm-hmm. Chuck's a very technical Hilarious. guy. I mean, he's like twenty nine takes to open a door. You know, <laughs> oh my so God. Um, so he. He so imagine his how his authority is affected, which really wasn't affected, uh, right? But he's wandering around all day with a penis attached to his back. Now, someone may feel uncomfortable about that. To me, that's just juvenile, uh, silly guy stuff, yeah, you know, uh, or uh, human being stuff. So, uh um, I think there's a there there's there's a line between thing being being funny and and uh, and being like, yeah. Would you I know, put a creepy. blow up balloon on a woman's back on a set? Absolutely. You know, well, I never would have yeah. done that anyway because I'm there to deliver the goods. Right. But Arnold would do. Uh, he would do. But uh, Vanessa Williams, she was in that movie. She has a good sense of humor. She's a very funny lady. She's fabulous. Yeah. If she wasn't going out with uh, Fox, the basketball player, yeah, and I Rick wasn't Fox. going out, we might have dated. But because oh, wow. we always liked each other, but. And she's incredibly beautiful to this day. Oh yeah, I mean she's stunning. So yeah, yeah. Um, I love Time Cop. I love big, big Time Cop fan. We did the Time Cop TV series, right? Oh yeah, you yeah. Did? No, I did Time Tracks. Okay, Time Tracks. That was oh. in Australia. Mm-hmm. They have they they have you listed as also doing Time Cop the television show. No, it was Time. No? Cop. Oh, okay. IMDb. I'm gonna Same. go. I'm gonna make some phone calls after this and have a big IMDb fight. Now there there are three credits that By I know. No, no, no. He, I, wait he, a second. Uh, yeah. I might have done Time Cop. Hang I played on. a South African in some show. I think that's Mr. Yeah. It says you played Mr. Kiefer. Yeah, I played a. Uh, that was a funny situation because I, you know, sometimes you get you want to do something just for yourself. So mm-hmm. I went to the director and I said, "Do you mind if I do this to a South African, <laughs> which is out that. of left, you know?" That's so and, funny. And he said, "Well, let me see it." And so I did it as a South African because you. What's get, the accent like for a South African? Uh, can you well, give me a time? I'm bit? not like a Robin Williams kind of guy who can drop in and out, but you give me ten minutes with the script, and I can, uh, I can the, pull it out. But I knew a guy. It's Africana, you know. Africans, uh, yeah. Africana. It's a combination of German and Dutch with English. Yeah, I, I played right in a band with a guy from South Africa, and the only thing I could ever imitate was the way he would say the word South Africa because he'd say South Africa. And there was like a, a dip, and there's like South Africa, and it's yes. all like run together as one word. Wow, Matt, you are a Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> that's like uh, that's what? like Pennsylvania, the accent, the wrong syllable. Yeah. What, one time, uh, I I like I I watched this thing about Uganda, and then I called my agent, and I was like Gandhi, you uh, like the country, the Uganda. country Uganda, oh, yeah. Uganda, okay. and I like called my agent afterwards, and uh, Idi Amin. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. I was like, I, I, I can do like a Uganda accent. Like, I, I think I have the that that accent. I can, I think I could do it. And she was like, Are you gonna do it now on the phone? And I was like, I mean, Do you want me to? And she was like, Well, if you're gonna do it, just do it. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh, Okay, uh, there is no water in the well. 
That, that was like, that's, that's good. Yeah. That's all I got. That's she, enough to get the a job to yeah. go through the to casting get for a voiceover person, job. And then like you, you get can a, do that. Vo- a dialect coach to mm-hmm. clean yeah. it up. And then before she goes, perform. She goes, that's fine. Please don't ever call me like yeah. this again. Yeah, it's, <laughs> she's like, that's fine. There is zero demand for Uganda accents you, in Hollywood. You, yeah, <laughs> you're not, you're not getting the part. Yeah, I just Uganda played a voice. Serbian mass killer on NCIS New Orleans. Mm-hmm. What? Not just a, a while. Yeah. Um, oh, I love it. As I tell my students, just. You, you go online and say, how do I speak like a Serbian? Yeah. And that's enough to get you through the audition. Absolutely. And then I call a lady named Victoria Hanlon yeah. and, and uh, pay her a little bit and, and make it exact before you actually so what was, shoot. what was Scott Bakula like to work with? Who? Oh, he's awesome. Very sweet yeah. guy. Yucky. So Matt is a big- uh, I'm, the, I'm a huge Star Trek nerd. I just that's ran right. into him at a- uh, him and his wife at a beauty store on Larchmont, and, and mm-hmm. we were talking. And he's a very sweet he seems guy. like a great guy. Everybody yeah. on that set's really sweet. Yeah. Right, now Matt, you did. Uh, wait, hang on, Matt. Okay. You don't get to just start asking Star Trek <laughs> questions. I'm putting you on the clock. And they All treat right. you really, really well. Too. How how long do I have, Steve? All right, Matt. You've got. Um, there we go. You get to do three minutes. Three minutes of Star Trek three questions. Three minutes That's of I get. Star Trek <laughs> questions. He asked All right, here we go. Here, okay. are, you, are you ready? Are yeah, you ready? You both ready? Yeah. Here we go. Star Trek questions in three minutes and go okay so you were on one episode of deep space nine and two episodes of star trek voyager playing yes. three different characters yeah. um you played a kazon in one episode the first kazon yeah. yeah now what was that makeup process like because they had very heavy I, I call the i call the job the river of doom mm-hmm. uh it's, I talk about it a lot because I had done a movie, Remo Williams, with Kate Mulgrew yes. mm-hmm. for five months in Mexico, and we really were really close friends down there. And her then-boyfriend, uh, who was the director of that episode? Uh, it was the same director in all three you did, and let me look it up real quick. I remember. Hold on. I'll, I'll cut this down. Two minutes. <laughs> but I, I feel badly because I really like the guy. He was kind of go-to yeah. sci-fi director. So what was the question like, the makeup? It's brutal. you got to be there at 4 o'clock in the morning, uh, two and a half hours to get in, and an hour and a half to get out. Uh, it's uncomfortable. Um, it was Winrick Colby, by the way. Right. Yeah. And he's a wonderful guy. Um, since uh, Kate and I uh, talked very intimately mm-hmm. all the time, he assumed that we had had an affair uh, in Mexico <laughs> and uh, – and I, I like being an idiot. I was just being funny. He's German. And I mm-hmm. said, well, was your grandfather a Nazi during World War II? <laughs> Holy shit. And so he says, no, actually, uh, I, I served in Vietnam in the USS Ar- Artillery for mm-hmm. two tours or something. So I yeah. felt like a complete idiot. And uh, I thought he hated me. Um, but but then he brought you back for Deep Space Nine, Deep Space he, Nine, where you played a human. Much easier makeup process on that, which is really much better because a lot then yeah. all the actresses want to go out with you. Yeah. Uh, nobody <laughs> wants to go out with a Kazon. Yeah, people don't really realize. Except uh, what's a blonde girl? Uh, Jerry Ryan. No, Jerry like hated me. Oh, the uh, one who played Kess. Uh Yes, she was attracted to me in this yeah. uh, makeup. So I don't know what was going wow. on. Why me. did Jerry Ryan hate you? I think Jerry, Jerry Ryan just doesn't. You know, the, the funny thing is when you have regulars on shows. Uh, uh, sometimes I call it. Um, uh, I don't really know why, but she. I, I worked with her on Shark mm-hmm. too, and um, she just. Uh, it seemed like she was very dismissive, and sometimes mm-hmm. they don't 
give the they, guest star. People. I know from James Woods. On the other hand, became a I, buddy I, and a friend, and has a you know he's got a blurb on yeah, the back like, of the book. I, I know just I from it. we talked to Brandon Braga on the show. He was an EP on Voyager and yeah, yeah. Deep Space Nine, all that. Uh, and uh, 15 seconds next generation and he he talked a little bit about how there was a lot of tension between Kate and Jerry Ryan on that set and that might be some part of that where you sort of jump into an area and there are people who are butting heads well, and there's if somebody friends, you know who's probably sexualized by everybody yeah, and, and if you're you know, friends I, with the person that they perceive as their enemy then that might actually cause some issues yeah, there it's really yeah. s- kind of silly but um, you know Second season stars on television shows, I call it second season itis. They yeah. know that they've got a cash cow going on. They know they can't be fired very easily. Yeah. Uh, they're really full of themselves. Um, can't get fired unless you make up getting beat up in Chicago. Then you can, right. <laughs> then you can get fired. Um, <laughs> what a crazy situation yeah. that is. But yeah. anyway, um, it's much better to be a officer than it is to be an alien. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're a regular, they learn how to put it together with big hunks. So yeah. you're only 15 minutes in there. But if you're a guest star like I was, it's a long time in the chair. Yeah, because like I said, we had Michael Dorn on the show, and he talked about how he spent, he estimates in his career, a thousand days in the makeup chair. Unreal. I'm not Unreal. sure I would even want a job yeah. like that. And then we, we just interviewed Doug Jones, who everything he does is different crazy alien look at Andy Serkis Andy is a brilliant transformational actor but because he had prostheses and sex drugs and rock and roll then he ends up playing the apes in the planet it's like we all get typecast in some way, and they're like, "Oh, we need a guy who's good with prosthetics." And then, so they don't. They got call like three him, people, and that's yeah, all they call. Yeah, and they call Andy Circus. Um, uh, it's not a turn. I, I have a. I had an actress friend who got was topless, raped, and got murdered in her first <laughs> job. So yeah. she had years of every job. Just being topless, getting... raped, and murdered. Oh, my And God. it's like, what does that do to you after a while? That's got to be awesome. There's a, there's a girl that I'm friends with who who uh, was offered a job recently where she would be like naked in a movie, and she's 23 years old, yeah, and yeah. she was like, I... I don't think I don't want to do it yet, and I I don't know why my agent's sending me out for it, and blah blah blah. And I was like, there's a difference between not wanting to do it and why is your agent sending you out for it. An agent has to tell you that you have an offer for an audition. They have yeah. to give you opportunities. Sure. You can say which no, is not always not the case. Interested. Sometimes you know, as a producer, we've offered a lot of money to actresses, and the agent has has blocked it. Yeah. Yeah, if it's if it's something that they're not that you know either they're taking a break. Well, we just had a thing happen with uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, we just had a thing happen with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Do you remember Jonathan sure. Taylor Thomas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We asked uh, if he was interested in uh, we could have him on our live show for because we did a benefit for Children's Hospital with our podcast. We raised thirty thousand dollars for Children's nice. Hospital. Yep. and got four hundred action figures donated to the yep. hospital, which was pretty fun. Fucking cool. That's very and, cool. Uh, and when we were putting it together, we were like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas would be fucking great to have you on the show. Did the yeah, action his... figures have genitals? Uh, they all have <laughs> genitals. <laughs> no, they're, no. They're they just genitals. No, they're they were just... actually sex toys. <laughs> they were sex toys. We they were all figures. sex toys. Well, we, uh, we said, hey, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, we'd love to have him on the show. Yeah. And the agent said, uh, he he's not interested in doing interviews. And we said, uh, okay, um, 
it, what do you, what is he doing? Is he uh, you know do what about what about just an interview like this? Not an interview live on stage. Sure. And they said, uh, no, he's not interested in doing that either. And we were like, oh, okay, well, what is he up to these days? Is he acting? They go, not interested in acting. <laughs> well, okay, well then is he producing? What what is he doing? They go. He's not interested in doing anything except for finding film finance for three movies that he wrote. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what are the movies? And he goes, the, the, the agent said, do you have millions of dollars to finance his movies? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. And then he goes, he goes, it doesn't sound like you do. And then just hung up on me. And that was the end of the conversation. I was like, we called, Jesus Christ. We called Mila Jovovich one time and mm. offered her a million dollars for a really good script. Wow. And um, the agent went, that's not going to work. Click. And oh hung up. Wow. And the next night I saw Mila at an event. And I walked up to her and I said, why did you pass on a million dollars for in a mm-hmm. really good script? Yeah. She didn't know anything about it. Wow. And the guy was, uh, uh, at the time, uh, we were told that the deal was you can have her for 800000 but you give 400000 to the agent. Oh, so he was working some kind of shady deal. Working a kind of a deal. I, I almost wore, yeah. wore an FBI. Uh, yeah, because wire that's on that one. that's not legal Ooh. to do. Yeah, no, no, it's totally corrupt. And because the guy didn't know us, he didn't feel confident enough to. Now, this is just conjecture, yeah. but this yeah. is what I was told by people close to the situation. Mm-hmm. He didn't know enough us enough to feel comfortable proposing yeah. the, the shady deal. Now, do you have any stories in the book about working on Free Willy Three? <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Because you you're in Free Willy 3. Did, did you work you on that movie? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And it was a wonderful job. Um, uh, the stories on Free Willy 3 were at an extraordinary Vancouver location. Uh, the young kid, I I actually saved his life once because wow. the two ships collided and I mm-hmm. caught him before he fell overboard between the two ships. Um, the whale, animatronic whale, and everybody thinks they're real, but they were robots. They're so real that you think that they're real. I, I thought it was Steven in a costume. Oh, you know what, Matt? That's the only reason you brought that movie <laughs> that up. He's creating he's a, a work environment. He is creating very, a very bad work environment for me. You know, so I think you can sue him. I might and, have and I to, can, the I, son I, of a I bitch. I justify on your behalf. Oh, Jesus, Matt. <laughs> Just ruining days. So uh, the whales are mm-hmm. so real. Yeah, they look that fantastic. Fantastic. You get the aura and the feeling of being on a real beast. It's a weird spiritual yeah, it experience because it's not um, like like just CGI, like say Jurassic Park, where no, it's no, all computer. That's how, yeah. that's how they would do it right now. They had yeah. three whales. Mm-hmm. They had one that went on the surface, an adult, mm-hmm. uh, one that lunged out for the shot of me. Oh yeah, to, being to do the jump, rescued. yeah. And then they had a baby whale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is J- Jason and James Richter, the same kid who was in the other movies. Yeah, I, have yeah. Saw, I saw him in Santa Barbara a couple of years life? back, and he's like 30 years old now or yeah. something. But wow. uh, Jenny Lou Tugan was a really cool producer, and Richard Donner was the executive producer, and he was awesome mm-hmm. and uh, very complimentary about my acting. And I try, he tried to work with me on conspiracy theory, but I was mm-hmm. booked. So Do you good. like... 
doing some of that like family friendly stuff in addition because you've done so many things where you're like a heavy and it's yeah. dark. It's and, all acting to and me. Action, People but, like do you? Mm-hmm. They say do you like sci-fi better than westerns or war mm-hmm. movies? And it's just a, uh, I love acting. You're yeah. just a real actor who likes to work. Yeah, yeah I mean things. it's they're all acting and there's individual challenges to everything. You know, if you're going to do a medical drama like ER, sometimes yeah. there's a lot of or Star Trek. Star mm-hmm. Trek has some particular verbal uh, things that a are connected of, to it. A lot and, of made-up words you got to learn. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, like stage, you have certain technical and uh, vocal things that mm-hmm. you do on stage that you don't have in other deals. I love mm-hmm. acting, whatever the challenge. All right, we got two things we got to talk about before we wrap up. Um, oh. Number one. James Cameron. You got to work with James Cameron. I never met him. I did uh, Dark Angel with him. He was writing it. Okay. Uh, and uh, I, I, there's a big agent story in that because um, uh, I was in an underground um, garage with Jessica Alba. She was just starting out. Oh my and, God. And uh, we were shooting and, and – uh, Anyway, it's a long story, and it's in the book, but I almost got banned. Uh, but that agent backed me <laughs> uh, up, and they were wrong mm-hmm. about what they were doing because I was talking to Jessica Alba, and I said, well, you know, we're sitting there uh, trying to stay warm, and I said, uh, I have a small production company. Are you interested in film work? And she said, yeah, sure. I said, okay, mm-hmm. well, give me a number where you're safe, and I'll send you a project. Uh, well, they went nuts. Yeah. Because I think she went back and said, Patrick said that he was going to send me And they me misinterpreted it in a way, probably. Well, maybe they got the impression that I was going to take her off of the television series and put her oh. in a film. And, of course, that was a People's Choice Award. It was a big cash cow. So they went they went crazy on me. And, and uh, the agent said, who do you think you are? acting?" And so they immediately apologized and they blah, 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 blah. So that's the difference between that agent and the one that I got fired when I got banned from Disney. But mm-hmm. um, what was it like? It was a lot of physical, a lot of aerial work. I think the reason the series did only lasted a year and a half was it was so expensive because of that. It was also so cold, it was like yeah, death. I think I read... I remember when that show came on the air, and I think I remember hearing at the time that it was the most expensive television show ever made at that point in time. Yeah, when you start Holy getting crap. into that John Woo sort of aerial stuff, it's it takes Huge time. Huge action scenes, and, expensive uh, cast, because yeah. she was already a big star at that time. Yeah. Wow. But she okay, was delightful. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, and we, and, uh, to wrap this thing up, Steven Spielberg, uh, in, in, in one of my uh, – it's, it, it's, it's way up there in one of my top films. Uh, I mean, that – Minority Report. Minority Report yeah, was yeah. such a beast of a movie, and Tom was so fucking cool in it, and it was really neat. And yeah. we've seen a lot of – uh, the technology from that movie now in very in, prophetic. It's starting yeah. to actually come out, yeah. Very prophetic, yeah, which is really neat. So, what what was that like? What was that movie like? And what was he like to work with? Well, I caught it was a golden Hollywood moment uh, from the get go because I I never had to even meet him or audition to get the part. Holy crap! Because he was watching Dark Angel and hired me from that. Wow. And um, so, uh, you know, and Stephen likes to do that. He likes mm-hmm. to find people and bring them in. We did our own stunts. Tom and I actually won Stunt of the Year for a lot of that stuff. Um, um, 
I, I think Tom is extraordinary the way he wants to do his own stunts, which I'd done a good portion of my career, too. I had a stunt double, wonderful stunt double named Dave Rowden, sometimes who would come in and do really, really lethal things like the death scene in Last Man Standing. But um, in, the, in the main, I did it myself. Tom is fantastic. He treated my children very well when they would come to the set and let them call action, and mm-hmm. Stephen was the same way. Mm-hmm. So he was a fabulous, fabulous job. Yeah, that's uh, so Really cool. great Colin Farrell. It's good to hear good things. stories about those guys because you want to like them because they're so iconic yeah. in the business. Yeah, I know? have nothing bad to say about Tom. Good. I love I mean, him. I don't understand Scientology, but... That's his gift. I don't even and, care. And, you know, and he yeah, doesn't just keep voice, making cool movies. He That's doesn't voice say. that on anybody yeah. or anything like that. No, and, and he's he's such a kind and cool person. Like the the stuff that he, and and his work has continued to be awesome. Like I think he's the last true movie star where you put I him in a movie, it will with open with big numbers regardless of what it is. Like he mm-hmm. can actually deliver opening day box office, and he's probably the last one who can do it. I I love yeah. Samantha Morton. Mm-hmm. The oh, character yeah. actors in Minority Report, oh, Peter Stromeyer. Oh, and, God, everyone and, was so good. I've, who's the older lady in the garden scene? Um, fantastic actress. Um, uh, Max von Sydow. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Just fantastic, uh, prophetic masterpiece of a movie, in my humble opinion. Yeah, it, it is a, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. I went uh, and did Cold Case with uh, Catherine, uh, the lady who played Tom Cruise's wife. Oh yeah, Catherine oh my Morris. God. Yeah, Catherine oh. Morris. Yeah, oh, they really, they really killed it in that film. I love that movie so much. Um, it is, uh, it's such an honor to get to sit down with you and chat with you about your career. I want to, I now I want to, I'm going to read your book and then I'm going to call you and ask you to come back so I can <laughs> ask you more <laughs> questions back for about volume it. two. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't wait. That's so rad. Uh, so if you if you can go pick up this, uh, go go get a copy of this book, Dying for a Living. Um. And uh, Volume 1 is out right now, uh, Upbringing, and it's just, it's Sins and Confessions of a Hollywood Villain and Libertine Patriot. <laughs> it's such a badass-looking book, and it's and yeah. uh, I can't wait to read it, Well, man. thank you very much. Um, I uh, We've got 100% five-star reviews on Amazon and Barnes & Nobles, and Fantastic. got the Best mm-hmm. of L.A. award. Um, yeah. Doing really well, and... If somebody wants an autographed copy, they can go to patrickkilpatrick.com. Uh, but if they if they want to come to a signing and reading, uh, Barnes & Noble's March 1st, uh, Burbank Center. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. God awesome. bless where, you guys. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to find you? Do you have social media? Well, they can go stuff? Patrick Kilpatrick on Facebook, uh, patrickkilpatrick.com. Uh, Twitter is I'm Pat Kilpatrick. Okay. Uh, Instagram, I always say it's Patrick Kilpatrick. They'll find yeah. Oh, yeah, Instagram. they'll find you there. Yeah. And uh, Matt, where can people get ya? You find links to everything at funnymat.com, or if you're Stephen Glickman, you can let me know what you thought of my jokes at mattwalkersucks.com. Uh, we also have the nighttimeshow.com. Go there. You can find links to all of the places you can subscribe and listen to the show there. And one last thing, I have another podcast that Steve and I do together where oh, I terrify him God. by recounting to him my story of being a member of a jury 
on a trial of a man who killed his mother and dismembered her body into hundreds of pieces and kept her skull in a backpack for two days. Um, and that's it's called Juror okay. Number 8. It's not okay. You can go to JurorNumber8.com and check out that show. <laughs> it's, it's not all right. It's, uh, it's that sounds like it'd be an intriguing podcast. It's, it, it is. It's him just talking about <laughs> what it was like to be on the jury. Uh, and and, and see photos and of things you should not see. Are you allowed so... to say the verdict? Can you tell yes. us? Yeah, he did the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, this is five years ago. Uh, it's the case of Moises Merez of Sinoza. We convicted him of first-degree murder. Um, yeah, but what I, was the I, sentence? Uh, I believe he got twenty-five to life. We weren't involved yeah. in sentencing. I, 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 I don't like stories like this. <laughs> you know, I'm a comedy person. I like fun things, and he tricked me into being on it, and then I had to be in there and hear all this horrible stuff. I had nightmares, Patrick. It was not good for me. So if you guys like that that yes. type of Juror stuff, number eight uh, dot com. Eight, yeah, but uh, definitely Juror go to number eight dot com. Yes, Absolutely. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Oh dear God in heaven! Um, if you uh, if you uh, enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the Nighttime Show on uh, the uh, the website or on your iTunes you or Google yeah. Play places. iHeart, like Spotify, go to places yeah. and get the things. Uh, you can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S T P H E N Glickman, on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you're in the Los Angeles area, come out to the live show. Um, the March sixteenth uh, show will feature interviews live on stage. With uh, AJ Michalka, AJ Michalka, who is the star of Schooled on ABC mm-hmm. and from the Goldbergs, and we have Bruce Valanche mm-hmm. on that night, the writer of the Oscars, the Emmys, uh, and the uh, Tony Star Wars Awards. comedy special. Oh, or Star Wars comedy he special. Has so yeah. many bizarre and <laughs> yeah. wonderful credits. Two-time Emmy winner. So mm-hmm. we're excited to have him and a bunch more guests. So it'll be a big fun night. Thanks again to Krispy Kreme Donuts for always uh, hooking up our audience with Krispy Kreme Donuts. Fucking super rad. Yep. I love them. And uh, go to uh, threadless uh, what was it the nighttime show the nighttime dot, show dot threadless.com yeah the nighttime show dot threadless there's links on our website oh, yeah, you on, guys got yeah. a lot of info there's a lot of info <laughs> anyways love you guys thank you so much and uh, you guys are the best okay bye drive bye safe. love you all oh. Cheers. Stand up.